Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. This Friday, Pain Clinic Gimmick Dreams will be streaming everywhere. So you can go to the From Within Records Big Cartel and pre-order a cassette. And you can thank me later. That band is awesome. Also, if you're not listening to the From Within Records podcast, episode 13 just dropped featuring Connor from Morning and Alex Casey of Streets of Hate. Really awesome podcast. Really awesome guests. So if you're not subscribed, please do yourself a favor and go subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, Envision, two new songs available for streaming off their upcoming LP. Go support that band. Tapes might still be available. T-shirts are definitely not. Um, And if you missed out on that, I'm assuming you're not following From Within Records on social media. So please do yourself a favor. Go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram. Click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And if something a little more current, if you head over to fromwithinrecords.substack.com, you can sign up for their newsletter newly launched thing so do yourself a favor and sign up to that and support that label and like i always say please support from within records because they support us if you're looking for high quality merch for your band for your business for whatever please hit my friends up over at good fortune printing out of wilkesbury pennsylvania you can follow them on instagram at good fortune printing and if you want to get in contact with them please email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. Before we get into today's guest, I just want to give a big shout out to everybody who came out to program this past Sunday, Change, Rejection Pact, Take It to Heart, Firestarter, Fading Fast, and Whirlwind. I really appreciate everybody taking the time to come out. I, I get it. It's a Sunday night. Uh, people got work in the morning. The time change definitely affected a lot of people. But I truly appreciate everybody that came out, especially the bands that came from very far. Shout out to Fading Fast. I thought they were all from Vegas, but Ben in Utah, uh, you got their bass player in L.A., guitar player in Las Vegas, and then the drummer from the high desert. It, it blew my mind that they were so down to, to drive out and literally have to turn around and get home for work the next day. So that is some true dedication to hardcore. And I definitely appreciate them taking the time to go out of their way to come down to Orange County and play a show. And I hope everybody who was able to catch their set uh, supports that band. I'm definitely going to bring them back on some future shows that I have planned. So everything works out. Fading Fast will be back sooner than you think. But also shout out to Rejection Pact. They have a new record coming out in a couple days. So please support that band, support Boise Hardcore. They have an awesome scene up there. And also shout out to Change coming all the way down from the Pacific Northwest. It was a pleasure to finally see them live because last year when they played out here in Orange County, I was in Pennsylvania and I missed my opportunity. So I was very happy to have been able to see them live, but also to have been able to book them. So that was something that I thought was really awesome. And I was very happy to do that. So thank you change for letting me have a hand in your California weekend. I hope we can do something again very soon. Also shout out to all the local bands, shout out whirlwind. They have 
some new songs up more on the way support that band another local orange county band shout out take it to heart they're on their way to oklahoma to play act like you know fest so i hope they have continued success out there shout out firestarter one of the few straight edge bands in southern california so i ride super hard for firestarter for sanctify i support everything that those group of guys do awesome awesome hardcore kids supporting the scene supporting me so i, I definitely appreciate them very much and shout out the program for continuing to let me book there and bring these crazy shows to the shop it's awesome shout out to candy for major pain shout out to my buddy andy for helping me run the door it definitely is a major relief to have andy there helping me out because without him uh, i'd probably be way more stressed out so i, I appreciate everybody who was able to uh, help me put this together because like i always say this isn't about me this is for orange county hardcore i'm trying to just keep the scene alive by doing my part obviously there's a ton of bands uh doing awesome things people doing zines taking photos uh program hosting the events but i just am trying to play my part and keep this whole thing going so i hope everybody had a good time like i said we got some things planned we got more shows to come and hopefully things just continue to grow and uh, remain active out here and beautiful orange county um want to shout out to my friends from hawaii shout out mickey shout out nalu shout out the discord <laughs> I, I, i've been uh, entrenched in this uh discord that uh, i was invited to recently and we went to see itsy we're about to go see Blackpink, and i'm hopefully we're all gonna the whole discord will get together at one event next year and do something really crazy uh you know k-pop shit it's awesome for anybody who is curious about k-pop i know you guys hear about it all the time um here on the podcast i have a k-pop playlist if you're just curious and you don't know where to dive in i'll post the link uh it's just like the hardcore playlist i update it every month and i just try to put out the best in my opinion the, the best of what's currently going on and uh, if anybody has any suggestions obviously i'm always open to checking out new groups because i uh, know a lot of groups but i don't know all the groups so please come at me with your suggestions let's talk about k-pop it's something that i continue to love and it's uh, slowly slowly just taking um uh, more of my life over right because it, it started with uh, the albums and then when shows came back now i'm going to shows all the time we got ATs, Blackpink. Next year is probably going to be way crazier. I'm hoping 2023 we can check weekly off the K-pop bucket, uh, bucket list. Excuse me. Um, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. We're going to go to Korea. Maybe I'll have to do it there, but it would be amazing to be able to see one of my favorite groups with my friends. So let's pray that that can happen. Um, but, uh, but, but besides all that, I am very happy to be able to introduce today's guest, our good friend Cosmo, sings in a band called Contention out of Tampa, Florida. I'm a huge fan. I was able to catch them live for the first time at FYA this year, 2022. It was amazing. I, I love the band on record, but seeing them live, they lived up to the music and it was an awesome experience. And they're currently over touring Europe, which I'm super excited for them. I hope they're having a blast. I hope they're gaining way more fans out there because it's cool to see so many US bands be able to travel international 
and capture a whole different audience. So I hope contention is out there killing it. But it was fun for me to be able to finally sit down and talk to him. Obviously, Josh has been on the podcast before, but I've been wanting to talk to Cosmo for a really long time. He went through some crazy stuff with Hurricane Ian, which we touch on, which I was happy that he was uh, open to talk about it. And it sounded crazy because I was just his like Instagram friend online watching him having to go through this crazy experience. So it was f uh, fun to find be able to hear him talk about it and hear about how crazy it was because living out here in California, we don't experience anything like that. Like right now it's raining pretty hard, which is rare happens every now and then, but it's just rain. We're not dealing with uh, hurricanes, houses getting destroyed, whole cities getting destroyed. Uh, it's just a little bit of rain out here. So my heart goes out to him and I'm happy that he was able to make it through. Okay. Not really scathed. Uh, he got a new truck for anyone who's not following him on social media. Uh, th that's a quick little update. He, he got a new truck, which I'm happy for him. But, uh, it was just a great conversation. I'm happy he's doing well. I'm happy he came on the podcast and I was very happy to be able to talk about contention and share it with all of you. So for anyone who is not familiar with contention, please hit pause, do yourself a favor, go listen to contention and then come back and listen to Cosmo and I chop it up. He's a great guy. Contention's awesome. So please support him and support that band. And I hope all of you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So please, without further ado, welcome Cosmo to the show. podcast cosmo how's it going pretty good man thanks for having me no i thank you for being down this is something that i've been wanting to do for a while obviously i'm a fan of your band contention so i appreciate you being down to do the podcast today yes sir i'm a, I'm a fan of the fan of the fan of the cast i've watched i've watched a bunch thank you i definitely appreciate that um, but I'm, I'm just curious about you um have you lived in florida your whole life forever yeah i uh in the same town i moved to tampa for like four or five years so i'm actually back in my hometown now so okay uh and how is it like growing up in florida did you ever want to move anywhere else since you've been there yeah your whole every day life? of my fucking life but no i, I mean <laughs> it's, it's cool like i don't know i think you know you're from the mountains and shit you think florida's cool if you're from like the city you think florida's cool but if you're in florida you're like yeah i'm over this shit it's too, it's too hot there's so many bugs like it's cool. I'm like comfortable here now. And I kind of have this is like the place where I have the most opportunities. So I got to stay, but eventually, yeah, I'd like to move pretty oh, much anywhere else. For sure. I, I go to Florida, uh, at least once a year, obviously for FYA, <laughs> yeah. I used to frequent a little more, uh, for, for Disney, but outside of that, I don't know a whole lot of about Florida. Like I've, I've been down to Pensacola, which is awesome. Shout out Carter. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's nice, but I, I honestly couldn't deal with, uh, obviously I'm, you guys just dealt with, uh, you know, that, that uh, hurricane Ian, which was insane, which we'll get to, but like just stuff like that. It's like, it's so foreign to me living out here in California. We 
don't get anything. It's like nice weather, like like probably like nine months out of the year. Summer's a yeah. little brutal sometimes, but for the most part, the weather's just awesome for the we whole year. A Garden of Eden out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. So when, when I travel other places, like um, I, I, I don't mind like the changing of the weather, like snows. Uh, you know, probably like the thing that I hate most, but yeah. outside of that, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I just like chilling in California because things don't change too, too drastic out here. Yeah. I spent some time out there for like a sound and fury, like whatever the year was that half played, I went out there. Um, and that's about it. I think I've been over there one more time. I went to San Diego too. Um, but I've been anywhere like California's cool. And I've, I like spending time there. Snow. I have no fucking experience with Like I've seen snow like three times in my life. But, very fucking boring to me okay and just curious about uh, your experience at sand and fury uh, what drove you to come out here for that because the, the fest is cool but uh, for you i'm just curious yeah. what, what was the main driving force and what was your experience like out here in california had to go for a half part kind of a no option too so that was like this band you know like fucking everybody who's my age 27 probably got in a hardcore through half heart you know so that was like my shit and uh i had to i had to make it happen and what was it like finally getting to see them live? Because it's always crazy when I think about because I'm, I'm a little bit older. So I was uh, around when they were like active on, on their normal uh, run and to see them go away for so long and then come back and have this whole new crop of kids get into them because they were such an inspiration during their absence. Uh, I'm always curious to um, hear what that was like for someone like you. Pretty crazy. I mean, it's pretty surreal. I was, uh, I mean, I wish I could have seen them when it wasn't like 10,000 fucking people in a room. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's something lost there as cool as it is. Um, but like, you know, I started that, like I got all the way up to the front on the fucking stage and I'm like, I'm not fucking moving. Nothing can make me move. And then like 10 songs and I'm like, I'm going to die. I got to fucking get out of here. <laughs> so, so I mean, yeah, but just, just hearing those songs live after so after watching like the fucking final show, like a hundred times in my life, mm -hmm. like I used to just, Lucas, the drummer from Contention, uh, we used to just go to his house and just play that shit like every so often, just put the DVD in and watch the final half heart show. So pretty surreal seeing that shit live for the first time. I had seen like, you know, uh, uh, Pat Flynn's other bands a bunch of times. Um, I always kind of kept up with his stuff, even when like, he was like free and the stuff that wasn't as popular. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was, it was fucking unreal. For sure. Right. No, that, that was definitely. Fest, uh, really. Our, wait, I'm sorry. No, the whole fest in general. I mean, the, the lineup was just ridiculous that year. Um, and uh, we got to stay in like a really cool place. And uh, the thing was the fucking dream come true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was definitely a special year because they were on that run uh, doing those string of shows. But yeah, just to have them back at Sound and Fury that summer is it was just crazy. I, I got to meet like a lot of people for the first time. And to see Half Heart again after so long, it was uh, awesome and cool to see that so many people still care after so long. And sometimes bands will come back and it doesn't always go over so well. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I watched that Hard Lower episode recently where Pat Flynn's like really modest about it. And he's like, we had no idea like what cap room to book even. We wouldn't even know. We don't have a reference to end up being the biggest fucking hardcore show ever. So mm -hmm. pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. It, it is crazy and I'm, I'm i'm happy that they're able to come back for a good cause and then also just to give the opportunity to this whole new generation to to see them and experience them live because uh, yeah. they're a special band and I, I i always look at their career and what they've done and i, I always feel like they did a lot of things right and i, I always wonder if um, newer bands popping up take a look at what have heart did and try to follow that path because 
they're very successful and uh, i i think they did a lot of things right and i wish uh, you know more bands would try to follow that path and uh, maybe uh, get to some sort of success uh, to get the half heart level is really rare but just um you know what, what they did was very special yeah they kind of embodied like the, the hardcore ethos more than fucking i mean they're one of the most influential hardcore events ever but even you know just seeing that they were still booking their own shit even at the top of everything and they called it a day like you know rather than drag the shit on they just did every they did everything right as much as i always wanted to like i was like fuck i wish they didn't break up right when i got into them mm -hmm. I was like they you know that's probably the best way to go out so it's definitely admirable for sure yeah because you never really know if it's the right time to call it because like if, for a band to drag it on too long by the time that's like the consensus it's already too late so it's yeah. just it, it, it does suck for a, a band that you love to to hang it up but sometimes it, it is for the best because who knows well like what if they stuck around and they were still yeah. active from 2009 to now would they still yeah. have uh, had that well, great legacy uh, would yeah. the music still be good would the you know creativity have been lost i don't know so yeah um all i know is uh, I, I i love what they've done and yeah. it's just a one of those rare bands and, and that's why I, I always tell everybody it's like man we don't know how long bands are going to be around or, or what if, if you like a band just try to appreciate them and enjoy them as much as you can in real time because who knows because you, you don't know what's going on behind uh, behind the scenes yeah. or whatever it, it could be a wrap for them without you know notice so don't don't uh you know sleep on your favorite bands just show them as much sure, love and yeah. appreciation as you can in real time yeah it's a fleeting thing which is the appeal of hardcore shit like like inside out like those sort of legacies where it's like really short amount of time ton of influence get mm -hmm. the fuck out before you do anything embarrassing yeah and obviously people are, are dying to see that band like, like i obviously like, i wasn't around when they were active but just being from out here it, it would be something special to be able to see them live at some point yeah for sure yeah which I, I which i i think it it, it might because when you think about these long list of um you know reunion bands there's not a whole lot of bands left that you could book that would be like holy shit yeah. i can't believe they're on this uh show this fest or whatever and uh you know the the, the list is getting smaller and smaller because if you think about uh, since this you know giant wave of reunion shows that have happened over the years there's not a lot of big bands from past generations that are left yeah yeah but yeah, i can't think of any that i would really like i don't know i don't want to see anybody play fucking hardcore in their 60s like i would go to the shows but like mm -hmm. you get it's like the it's a youth movement you know once i get to a certain age i gotta hang that shit up yeah i i don't want to name any bands but i was at a show a couple of weeks ago and there was a band from like the 80s that played and uh you know at the show it, it was like noticeably like a very much older crowd like yeah. s such the fact that it made me look like a young person at the show and it, and it wasn't like that weird to me but at the same time i, I was just like where's this band been what have they been doing why are they on this like show so randomly because um and in my circles and being involved in the scene out here in california i haven't really heard much of them doing any kind of yeah. you know stuff to promote the current things going on so for them to get on the show it was cool whatever like not my thing but just to see so many like old people it, it was a little strange we've been working trade jobs in the interim for the last 20 years <laughs> yeah but 
we'll see uh, and also maybe this trend of uh bringing old bands back might be at a you know its end and they just start pushing these bigger bands and have them headline these fests and make that a bigger deal versus this old band from 20 years ago getting back together for this one show yeah yeah i think it's it's, it's a good move when fests mix it up rather than rely on like one old band to bring everybody in like the last fya was pretty fucking sick because they had you know old bands new bands um and then close that with turnstile i mean you can't really you can't really ask for a better setup fest yeah and, and if you look at a band like turnstile and for anyone who stuck around for their set which there's a lot of people it, that doesn't happen uh for you know headliners at a fest right people will, will get to the the end no, of the day and be like all right cool i can go home early or i can go chill before the after show but for turnstile it was, it was a different story it yeah. felt like people even showed up just for turnstile because the room was exactly. so packed and i was just like holy shit this is this is like another thing that makes like turnstile that much more special because for them to be able to have that kind of impact at a fest to make people show up or even have people just stick around for that long after such a long day it just uh, you know shows how special that band is yeah i definitely know a lot of like i meet people all the time not in a hardcore like even old friends and stuff who are just like oh you hear that new turnstile record i'm like you like you don't people who don't listen to anything but rap or anything and they're like you hear that shit and i'm like people who like my friends who were into hardcore shit back in high school and then dropped out or whatever and do their own thing now they still like will message me and be like you into this this new turnstile shit like it's like the first thing they've listened to in hardcore in 10 years it's i mean the, the reach of it's pretty fucking crazy yeah it definitely is a trip because I, I always tell people I was at their first like Southern California hardcore show and to see them go from that to where they're at now, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's mind blowing because for, for me, I've never seen a band from our bubble get that big. I don't know if it's, ha has it happened? I don't even know. Like, no, cause everybody always points to, to hate breed, right? Cause, uh, you know, yeah, arguably like one of like the biggest bands uh, ever from our scene, but I think they've they're bigger than Hatebreed. Yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers fans weren't uh, weren't flocking to see Hatebreed. You know what I mean? Like it's a different style, and they did. Yo, know, it's fucking crazy how much Hatebreed did with the way they sound because mm -hmm. they sound like a hardcore band. You know, and Turnstile is in, has all this other genre stuff going on. I can see that's why like you know fucking regular people are into them, but still pretty crazy. I mean, I saw them 2013 or 14 at This Is Hardcore mm -hmm. in Philadelphia, and it was already like a fucking phenomenon. Yeah, I, I feel like once they got out, because uh, to be honest, when I saw them, they, they played at this place in Pomona called, um, fuck, I, I can't remember if it was Aladdin Jr. or PBW at the time, because it, it, it like changed names. But I remember uh, they were setting up, and I was in the room, and I was like, I, I wonder if people are going to be into it as much as I, I am, because I fucking yeah. loved the demo uh, Step to Rhythm. Yeah. And then, crazy time, yeah. And, and I felt like an idiot because as soon as they started playing, like literally the whole room was like singing along. And I was just like, why did I even question if anybody was going to be into this? Like, it was just this weird energy that I'd never felt before. Because for someone to play that room and to have literally felt like every person because it was so loud and felt like every person was screaming and singing along. I was just like literally mind blown. I was like, this is insane. And it just like feels like it, it just hasn't stopped from the very beginning for them. They've had that crazy support and they've just been on this upward trajectory the whole time.
Yeah, there's been a couple ceilings where I'm like, they can't really get any bigger than this. And they still, like, you know, I never thought that it would be at this level. Obviously, no one did. But they to think they were killing it just within hardcore for the longest time and then just kind of broke through and just, I mean, there was nowhere to go else to go. So they went into, like, mainstream culture. It would be pretty fucking wild. And it is cool because sometimes you'll see bands uh, kind of break out of the bubble and not really last that much longer as a band, or maybe they'll break out of the bubble and then find their little pocket and chill there. But it just seems with turnstiles, like they broke out and they just haven't stopped because, you know, with that new Blink 182 tour announced, I was just like, okay. Like I thought, I just was surprised. I didn't think um, that was like something. Obviously, I didn't think Blink would go on tour. But when I saw the poster and Turnstile was on it, and especially with their placement on the poster, which people might not realize that's like an important thing. It's a big deal yeah. to, to have certain placements. So for them to get like, you know, pretty much up there, I was just like, this band can't be stopped. This is insane. Um, obviously, uh, I, I, I think it's awesome that they're out there doing cool shit consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, whether or not they bring people in, I don't know, but it is good for every band. Like there's nobody's not good for just guitar music's like fucking dead. Like nobody listens to that shit. So like just that a band with guitars in it is that big is is good for every single band out there that's not purely electronic. Really? I thought MGK brought guitar music back. Yeah, you're right about that. I did. I used to have a job where like the people under me would be like, Bro, check out this shit. This is this is what you're into, man. And they'd play like MGK and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. So bad. Uh, somehow I've navigated through the waters and I've not heard MGK's guitar music, so I'm yeah. I would I would avoid it. <laughs> I mean, I'll salute you, whatever, but not not my fucking thing. It, it just feels it's, it's it's more offensive than if something was just bad because they're they're bad and they're also pretending to be something they're not, which pisses me off. True, <clears throat> but yeah, it turns out to get an example that there's no real ceiling to what we do here. And I, I hope they're an inspiration and get kids, uh, you know, future generations of hardcore I'm inspired for people who want to do cool shit because I feel like they've just played the music that they wanted to play with, uh, you know, <clears throat> no remorse, just doing what they think is cool and look how far it's gotten them. It's something yeah, cool to see. But you play in a band called uh, Contention and I'm, uh, you know, I was privy to it because I'm friends with Josh because I've been a fan of uh, Point of Contact for a really long time and his other bands. Uh, but th that that's how I found out about Contention. But I'm just curious, how did the band form? So Josh is the Josh is the ringleader there. We um, I mean, we had all been playing in separate bands in the hardcore scene for like a long time. Like we'd all been kind of like peripheral, just kind of the same orbit orbit. But um, you know, eventually, uh, I had played in a band called uh, Stance. Josh is playing in Six Paths and obviously point of contact later on. Um, you know, Lucas had played in Stance with me, the drummer of Contention. And we, him and I had been playing a band since we were like, since I was like 14, like hardcore bands. So um, back in our hometown. So Josh was like, he met up with um, with Lucas and our old guitarist Mitchell. Um, and they just cranked out some songs and then kind of got me and Bailey on. And I think I was the last person to join a, you know, the original lineup. Um, I didn't want to at first. They were like, they sent me the shit and I'm like, this is cool, but I just don't have time. And I don't think I can like scream like that. Like, I didn't think I could do like high pitch screams. Mm -hmm. I like had only done, I was singing a band called Control System this time. And we're not really doing anything anymore, but that was like pretty much all low at the time it was anyway. And then I went to practice. They conned me into it and they're like, listen to this shit. Just come practice. It's fine. You don't have to join, whatever. And I went and I'm like, all right, I'll join. 
but I mean, it shit sounded like the recording was like, you know, it's an iPhone recording, you know, you don't know how that shit's going to turn out. But at practice, I was like, this is fucking good. Yeah, I guess I'm in. I guess I got to be. So I just kind of figured it out. Like, I didn't have my vocals down until like the day of the studio. I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. That's crazy. And how did you like train to do those types of vocals? Because I know that kind of stuff's not easy. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, to be honest with you, um, I don't even, I can't even do like lo- like low vocal shit anymore. Like, uh, like I can kind of, but like doing that three nights in a row, I'm shot. High vocals, like I could do a 30 day tour and no fucking problem. Like it doesn't hurt my throat at all. It just feels like, it feels like I'm nor- like singing normally. Like people ask me that all the time. Like lots of like, young kids and shit will be like, dude, how do you do that style? Like I want to do that style. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I just went in the studio and kind of just did it by myself in my car and you just figure shit out. I have no idea how to explain it to somebody. It's just something you do. And for you to not have figured it out until the studio, like how is it able to be so consistent across the you know record? I got better at it. This, this style, I did a little bit different style. I think in the demo is a little bit more like like my understanding of how to do like black metal vocals. I guess what I was trying to do, and I've kind of dialed it in a little bit now. Like yeah, like like I said, like I can do night after night, and I'll feel like a little bit raw just by doing you know twenty minute sets, whatever. But <clears throat> it really doesn't bother me. Like. I have no real limit with that shit like a lot of people do. And I never thought I would be there either because I would I was scared of tours with other bands. I'm like, dude, I know after the third night I'm going to be fucking done because I'm doing like, you know, low vocals and it just kills me. Like, I do not know how to do it right. I've never figured it out. And I've liked doing vocals forever. It's just like, I don't know, man. You don't you don't really realize that how much that shit takes a toll on you until you get up on stage the next night. And you're like, nothing comes out. You're like, fuck, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that sucks because you can't just walk off stage at that no. point it's, yeah yeah it seems really weird fingers, you can play through that shit if you're playing guitar or something or drums but vocals if nothing comes out it's like this is gonna be a bad this could be a bad 20 minutes this is gonna suck okay and that's kind of funny to hear about you not wanting to be in the band because obviously you said you're busy and uh, I didn't think I could do it yeah I was mm-hmm. like intimidated I was like I don't know man I don't want to like suck on, on the vocal like I've done I've been in bands with you know i've done vocals whether i'm playing bass at the same time or whatever for a long time but um yeah i was just like i don't think i can pull this off i don't want to like you know be really bad or whatever but yeah it just took one practice at josh's garage for me to be like yeah okay it's fine i'll do it I, I the time. and did, did any of the other members think it was funny that you you obviously changed your tune from not really wanting to do it to you know being down for it yeah i'm sure i think they planned on me i think they were like when i I think like they're like we'll get them. Yeah, I don't think we're. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lucas was the one who was just like, you know, if he's in a band, I gotta be in the band. That was always been with us, <laughs> pretty much. That's cool. Uh, I, I'm glad you guys were able to come together and you were actually into it because, uh, like I said, the music is good. I'm definitely a fan of the band, but when you drop the the demo or the self titled or uh, whatever you want to call it, do you remember what the reception was like? Uh, from oh, your was, uh, local scene kind of non-existent i mean nobody really gave a shit like which is expected you should you know when, <laughs> even though josh is in point of contact you know there was people who got listened to it because of that but like we we did we had to do our own thing we had to prove ourselves just like every other band um and just the first so we played we dropped the demo we did two shows and then it was covid and then we were like all right like a year into it we're like i guess shows aren't ever coming back are we still going to do this band we were like, eh, just write a record, whatever, see what happens. And we dropped it like towards the end of like the initial lockdown period and all that stuff. And that, you know, after we dropped Laying Waste, people were super fucking into it. But yeah, nobody cared about the demo. Like we sold this, we sold 30, 40 takes or whatever, but that was about it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it was more because we were on coming strike records um, that anybody gave a shit at all. Like anybody bought this stuff. There's people that collect everything they put out. So that's probably the only reason we got rid of those initial tapes. Um, Ollie from coming strike records, who we all fucking ride for, um, even though we're not really, we're not putting our new um, album out through them, but he listened to the demo within like two days of us putting it up on Bandcamp. Like we had like 10 listens and he's like, Hey, you want to be on my label? I'll put out stuff for you. And we're like, sure. Like he picked it up immediately. Like without him, we would never would have gotten past that, that stage. And do you know how he stumbled across it so early on? I don't know. I think he probably has the fucking uh, 8,000 tab on Bandcamp fucking bookmarked or something. I don't know. I don't even think we had that on there. I don't think we really have to claim that, but he just, I don't know. He probably just listens to everything edge metal that comes out in the hope that he can, snag it up at the time coming start was pretty small um you know they're a lot bigger now um, we definitely benefited from from getting on early mm-hmm. yeah no it, it's cool because uh that's why i i like when people take those kinds of chances because you don't know uh where anything's going the the band could break up tomorrow the label could disappear tomorrow but for you you guys to be down and for him to want to work with you guys early on uh, i i think that's a cool relationship especially since things have you know gotten way better for both parties for sure yeah i mean fucking god bless label owners because that's a headache that i you know small independent label owners like you're not seeing money back like you're putting in all this time like all the designed a bunch of our stuff for us like he just i don't know he, he did a lot for us in the early days pretty much everything you could ask for from a, from a small label like that he really did everything right and it you know really benefited both of us yeah no i i know how much work it, it takes and it, it's cool to hear that to have so much support from a small label because i have friends on uh i have friends on smaller labels i don't want to uh, say too much uh, that get no support and i'm just like telling them like yo you would do better anywhere else. You do. You do better alone. Yeah. Like like this label's fucking up your shit, and and, yeah. and they see it. But obviously, there's like some legal stuff, so they just have to write out that. And I'm just like, geez, this is terrible. And and it sucks because yeah, because yeah, it sucks because you you want to think that people are doing labels and stuff to to be supportive, but when they start to get in the way and not be supportive and actually are doing bad for um, the band, the artist or whatever, it's just like, geez, this is, this is terrible. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about it like a bunch of times over the course of my life. Like, I just, I, you know, I have a thousand dollars in the bank right now. Let's start a fucking label. And then I'm like, you know what? I, I would be, I'd be doing a disservice to anybody that went with me because I don't have the time for this shit. And I would drop balls and like, I would just, uh, it would be a mess. It's just too much of a headache for me. Mm-hmm. I'd have to get some Excel spreadsheets going and shit to remember anything. Like it's, I'm, I've accepted that I'm not predisposed to doing label stuff. No, and that's uh, that's awesome that you're honest with yourself because, uh, like, you, even for me, I, I've been asked to take on certain roles behind the scenes, and I'm just like, if I'm gonna be honest, I'm not the person to do what you're asking for because. I know my schedule and like my capabilities, and I don't want to drag you down. And like, like, like as much as I want to do good for you, there's someone out there who uh, wants, you know, to do just as good, but actually has the time and more skills than I do. So, um, so I appreciate the offer, but yeah, I can barely use that shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah. So it's, it's, sometimes it's better just to be honest because to take something on and to have, uh, you know, someone's uh, career, uh, you know, in your hands, it's, it's not something to, to be played with because, no, yeah, because uh, yeah, that's the last thing I want to do is get in the way of something that could be great, you know? For sure. Yeah. yeah there's, a, there's a lot of labels out there, so there's enough. 
there it is. Every, every bank, you know. Yeah, or don't sign to a label. Do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it really isn't. If you have the capability to do it yourself, I mean, if you can print your own tapes, like, you probably could put bypass an entire initial, like, we signed to a label with 10 fucking listeners and they did tapes for us and nobody bought them. Like, probably wasn't necessary if I just made you feel good to say you're on a label. Like, start your own thing at that point. Yeah, or, or, or just hold out because I always tell people, I'm like, I, I know uh your new band you want to be grouped up with some cool label but it, i feel like if you just do your thing right get enough music and make enough noise in the scene like the labels will come knocking like, sure. it, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be like right when you dropped your demo it, it could be it, it, it happens but i just feel like for most bands starting out especially especially newer bands that aren't connected i don't think getting on a label should be something that should be of concern early on yeah, no, it's not a big deal. It really is not. It doesn't really benefit you much other than getting a set of tapes. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, if, if, if the music's good enough and you're making waves in the scene, people are going to hear about it and people are going to notice and people are going to want to work with you. Yeah, make your own tapes. Keep the extra $1 that you <laughs> save. True, or yeah, uh, or CDs. The CDs are so yeah. cool, right? Yeah, I think so. We didn't do any for this last release, but mostly because it was just like a promo. We didn't really do much physical stuff um, for it, um, but I'm sure we will for future stuff. I mean, people bought our CDs, which I I think I don't really understand who buys CDs. I think it's either people older than me who like are still, you know, think they're cool or people younger than me that at this point think that CDs are like vintage and shit, which is mind blowing. But yeah, that, that's strange. CDs yeah. being vintage. I don't even like tapes that much, to be honest with you. I collect vinyl. I've got a ridiculous fucking amount of vinyl that burdens me whenever I have to move. But, you know, that's what I've always collected. Because that was like, you know, when I was a kid, my dad had fucking records. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, the my band's going to put a record. That's local band's got a record. I'm going to buy that shit. But that's the only thing that really has, like, that physical magic to me. I don't really, I don't know. I have, like, 20 tapes. But that's just because they're friends' bands and my bands and stuff. For sure. Yeah. All the tapes that I have have been, like, uh, gifted to me so yeah. I, I appreciate the gesture I, I, I do yeah. keep them but yeah it's not my format of I choice fucking player. I don't even have a format to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah, they, I had a media Cherokee when I was in high school and that's the only last thing I had that could play tapes yeah and even for CDs I think the, the only CD player that I have is in my car And yeah like, I don't even have that the new ones don't even fucking come with CD players I just yeah. bought a truck and it didn't come with a CD player and I was like okay yeah I think my car is like on the last wave of like CD players because I have a friend who yeah. has like the year, like the model after mine, and uh, yeah, CD players are gone. So I I would just found a, a CD and I was like, I can't even listen to this because I'm not gonna go to go to my car right now. I found because I'm like I don't know what to do with these. Like I had like a full of hell CD and like a Frank Ocean like stuff from when I was like you know in high, senior in high school. And I'm like, I want to give these to someone, but they're all beat up. I'm like, I just think, honestly, I have to throw them in the trash. I don't know what the fuck to do with them. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't know either. But okay, so the pandemic happens. When does the you know light kind of shine through for contention where things are like, okay, cool. We didn't get defeated by the pandemic. We're actually still abandoned and things are still moving along. Like People still care. It had to be, I, I'm honestly a big last four years have been such a fucking blur because of all this shit. I don't even remember actual years that it happened, but it was like mid initial lockdown, at least Florida wise that we were like, yeah, I guess we should start writing stuff just in the chance that there are, there ever is another show again, because people would try to book shows and then immediately everyone would yell at them and the internet would get mad and they would not do it. So 
we were like, yeah, it's going to be a little while. So let's just write a record. So we have a record and just see what happens. And we were fortunate because there's records that are lost that came out like middle of COVID that no one ever listened to. Mm-hmm. And then there's records that we put it out at like a good time for everyone who's like ready to go back to shows. And, you know, a few months later, we were able to actually play the songs. But um, yeah, it, it's hard to put an actual time frame on it. But it was like mid. I, uh, Lucas moved, I think, during during the pandemic. And I moved towards the end of it out of Tampa. So we're a fake Tampa band now. It's only two of us still live there. But uh, yeah, I had, we both had to move for work. So we were like, things are so uncertain. I have to take any opportunity I can to fucking make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I feel like that's with most bands, right? They they get established, get a little bigger, and then everybody just moves away because yeah, exactly. That's it, what happens. It's just life. I mean, we're not if we were like fucking you know some rich band where we could all like it was worth you know if we played in Red Hot Chili Peppers or some shit, we could all we were all it was all worth it to stay in the same spot. It'd be one thing, but like mm-hmm. you got to look out for with hardcore. It's like you know you got to look out for supporting yourself, and then the band makes no money. It's just for fun and fulfillment and shit. So that's like has to be secondary a lot of the time. Really? You guys don't make a lot of money? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> fucking, yeah. We just had a few setbacks there. I had to cover some some shit that got broken, but. Yeah, okay. We it, break even, I'm happy. We've never made a fucking dollar. It's just, if we break even, then it's perfect. That's all you should ever hope for in our court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can only respect that, right? Take care of, like, your normal life shit and then, you know, have that be able to, you know, enable you to, to do hardcore because yeah, it can exactly. get rough if you're relying on hardcore for an income. There, there's, like, a, yeah. a small group of people that I know that can, but it's pretty rare. Pretty rare, and you probably live in your truck between tours to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't even really think about... Uh, you, you like the state of uh, Florida hardcore during the whole pandemic because obviously like the the state was pretty open and uh, I'm, I'm surprised more like shows didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they did. Like I was seeing so like rap was rap never stops. Like, you know, you see shit like being advertised in town and on, on social media and stuff. And they never stop like EDM, whatever. these other scenes mm-hmm. that I know nothing about. Like they never stopped having shows at all. Hardcore was the only one that was like, you know, like independent music and shit was like it took a, it took a break. I mean, the state was locked down for a while, just not as long as everywhere else in the country. Probably yeah. us in Texas were like the first to open. I remember because uh, I'm like really into Disney, and I remember so many of my friends and people that I follow, uh, you know, from like the Disney community, posting about uh, Disney World like during lockdown and everything just being a ghost town. And I was so looking forward to experiencing that because I, I used yeah. to do these annual trips uh, to Florida to, to go to Disney World and I remember the the, the year that we went um, I'm, yeah it, it was was it 2020 fuck yeah now I'm trying to remember it, it had to been 2020 we we went um, like around like October and like half of our group didn't want to go which is totally understandable right because uh, we're still in the pandemic shit's not uh you know that safe and we didn't know as much about it back then so half the group backed out um i was really curious so i said fuck it i'm gonna hop on a plane and go experience this uh, covid disney but by the time i got out there and into the park, I was just like, this is not what it, it was like on the internet. There's, there's like the, the park was like packed. Like, uh, it, it was so, uh, it just felt like our normal trip. Like it wasn't as empty as I thought it was going to be. It literally felt like it was just at normal capacity during COVID. So I was just so bummed. I was like, oh, wow, I guess I'm not going to get to walk on everything. We're just going to have to yeah. uh, deal with the normal lines. Oh, 
Um, people like like at first it was all locked down and i was like i would go biking every morning and be like wow there's like no one on the street you still a lot of people still had to go to fucking work and stuff you know mm-hmm. like i was working from home i think like my company that i was working for at the time this dog shit company some tech startup thing it was like a, you know the worst job ever they fired everybody but me like i was so looking forward to like getting laid off and getting some government money and just chilling for a little while during pandemic mm-hmm. and they were like yeah everyone today at the end of the day effectively fired except for one other person and you're just going to run the company. And uh, why did they choose you to, to stay on board? I don't know. I'm unfortunately, I guess I was competent, which is a fucking bummer. I wish I was less competent. And they would fire me. Mm-hmm. I could have done some fucking cool shit, but whatever it was, uh, you know, so eventually yeah, I had to move for work when that all fell apart, but people were flocking down from up North because they, there was, you know, they were if you were living in New York city, it was nothing was open. Mm-hmm. So like we had like still to this day, I mean, they all came here and they all stayed here. Now they're probably leaving because of the hurricanes and shit. But like my hometown, like two hours south of Tampa, um, it's all New Yorkers. The whole town is like people from the Northeast because they all moved here during COVID because um, it was so unaffordable because their money, you know, up there an apartment's like five thousand fucking dollars for a for a closet, and here you can live a little bit better, I guess, on that. And and they're near the beach and shit. Mm-hmm. Effectively, no rules. So everybody like just moved here and now. You see like a hundred New York plates everywhere you go. Strange. Yeah. I, I can't imagine what that change was like for the whole state because for it to have been more open and having to take in all those new people, uh, I'm sure the vibe is a, a little different these days versus back then. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But um, yeah, I mean, it's since the hurricane happened, it's been pretty, pretty chaotic here. I'm like dead center where it happened. Um, mm-hmm. and Tampa wasn't even that bad. But uh, where I live is like a direct fucking hit. So it's still a little fucked up. And I think a lot of people are leaving because they're just like, I'm not dealing with this again. Like all the people who moved here recently are like, never mind. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Okay. Well, I, I guess we can talk about the hurricane now. Um, I, I remember seeing a video uh, that you had posted. You were at uh, like a friend's house and it looked like you were in like the purge with these crazy shutters like coming down. I'm like, I was tripping out because I didn't think it, shit like that was really going on because obviously out here in California, we don't have that kind of stuff on our houses because we don't have to worry yeah. about uh, hurricanes. Like like buildings are built to be earthquake proof out here, but you don't really yeah. see that. It's all in like the you know structure. So like we're not having to get these like uh, additions on and have these crazy metal shutters come down to, to protect a property. But um I saw you do that. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like uh, Cosmo's chill. He should be safe. Yeah. But then um, I was just following um, you, following you. I, I, I see like your, your truck is like, uh, like all like almost like submerged. And then yeah. you're, you're posting about like the Nike outlet um, <laughs> inventory uh, coming through. So uh, like, what was that whole experience? Like, like were you at your friend's house the whole time? Yeah. Or? So, um, so my place, like it was supposed to hit like North of where I live. Um, in florida like i'm in fort myers area okay. which is like two hours south of Tampa. it's like south florida but it's not the cool south florida side like miami it's the other side where no one gives a fuck about it except old people so uh we're like right on the coast and i'm like you know this is even though it's, it's coming for like port charlotte like an hour you know between me and tampa and then last minute it changed and just came right fucking for me like I, yeah so uh so i did i was like my house is made of wood like it's a condo like it's gonna be gone or underwater or whatever i went like towards Naples, Florida, where uh, this rich uh, like doctor friend of mine lived. And he had left. He went to Fort Lauderdale. He's like, fuck this. So he's like, you can stay in my place if you want to, but you shouldn't stay there at all. And I'm like, well, he's living in like this concrete mansion, dude. It'll be fine. Like, I'm only thinking about wind. I'm not even thinking about water because I've been through every hurricane 
And so they always said, oh, like 20 feet of storm surge, you're all going to fucking die. And then nothing happens every single time, which is, you know, thank God it didn't happen during Charlie and fuck Irma and shit. I mean, so anyway, I, uh, so I go to his place and he's, it's all decked out. Like everywhere has shutters or at least like the attachments to put shutters on and everybody just keeps shutters like in a closet somewhere. So I never even think about it until that one time of year when you have to put them all up. So his place, you just press a fucking button and they all roll down, like literally like the purge. And they have ambient, like uh, cop cars outside with, um, with fucking uh, like uh, PA systems that are saying like, like running a loop. That's just like, there will be no emergency services. Like it's exactly like the purge movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some emergency services will be suspended, um, you know, pending the hurricane, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. I'll just chill here. I'm a little bit south of where it's all hitting. And then I realize as it starts to get really bad outside, like, first of all, the shutters get ripped off the front window. Me and my girlfriend are staying in this place by ourselves. The power goes out. We're just chilling. We're playing pool. It's like no big deal. And then the hurricane shutters get ripped off the windows in the front of the house. Jeez. And we're like, oh, that's not good. Fuck. So I go and peer out the window, just waiting for the windows to break. They're already splintering. And I see the water outside was just totally normal. There was I, there was no water when it started with the street. And I look outside and the water is moving past the roof of my Tacoma. So I'm like, oh, this isn't good. And I'm thinking like, ah, shit, because it's 150 mile an hour wind outside. You go outside, you'll get annihilated and fucking kill immediately. But all the windows have electronic shutters that just went down and they won't come back up now because it's, it's electronic and it powers out. So mm-hmm. I'm like, if the water starts coming in, I'm going to drown in here because there's no way out. And I can't, it's not like I can go outside anyway. So I was, I was freaked the fuck out for a little bit because water started coming in the house. It only ended up being a couple inches because the way the house was raised. But it was fucking terrifying. Yeah, I'll be I'll be real. Like I was like, yeah. So my plan is I'm gonna wait up here on the second floor until the water gets to the point where I can't breathe anymore, and then I'm gonna take this uh, saw and I'm gonna saw through the roof and get into the attic. That was my plan. Jeez. And thankfully that didn't happen. Like it stops after like two inches into the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to even just have those kinds of thoughts to be like, all right, I got a game plan for like you know worst case scenario. Yeah. So anyway, so that happens and I'm just like, we get on the, we sleep on the floor of the second story and I'm just like, damn it, dude, I lost my truck. I just bought the fucking thing. It was like my dream truck mm-hmm. that I finally bought and I never made one payment on the fucking thing. So anyway, we, we just, we just, I just make myself sleep upstairs and wake up the next morning and I, they had manual cranks on the electric windows, but they're like, they take 30 minutes to open like this much. Like, it, so I sat, sat there all morning cranking the window open and I look outside and it's just fucking destroyed. Like roofs are gone around me there's a house that's burned down and i'm in like a rich neighborhood too and like the guy i, I go outside and the water's receded past my truck but the streets are still like three feet of water there's boats I, I wake up and i look outside there's a boat going down the street like an airboat like mm-hmm. rescuing people and i'm like holy fuck they're coming in from the ocean is so tall they're able to come in from the gulf into the neighborhood along the streets they have uh like like swamp buggy like monster truck thing going down the streets rescuing people there's a house that's burned down somehow, and they have the Coast Guard flying in and picking people up with ropes and flying them out. And that's like what I'm seeing just after waking up. Yeah. I don't even know how you went to sleep. That That's just yeah, terrifying. I was, yeah, it took a long time. I was just like, I had to accept, like, I hope I don't wake up to water laughing at my fucking face on the second floor of this house. But I went outside, and the neighbors, like, first of all, there's a bunch of people with guns because they're fucking cosplaying outside like they're in the like, zombie movie. So all these rich neighbors have like guns on their backs and stuff. They're like, we're waiting for looters. And I'm like, motherfucker, there's three feet of water in the street. How are they going to get here? Are they going to be pirates? Like, what the fuck? So <laughs> I cross the street, like, yeah. He's like, you see my bend? And I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah. The last I saw of it, the water picked it up. My Mercedes Benz drifted it like across the house between two houses and into the ocean. 
And I'm like, yeah, that sucks, man. I lost a truck too, but yours probably cost a lot more. And uh, do you have to have like, like hurricane insurance on your vehicles or like, how does that even uh, work? Car insurance covers it. Um, mine, thank God. I mean, covered like most of it. Like I'm still out like $10,000 or something, which I'm hoping when I get to FEMA. I don't know how any of this shit works. I've just been too busy to handle it. But um, yeah, they wiped out like my loan because I was like, yo, that would really suck because I never made a payment. I still owe like 30 grand. Like what the fuck do you do in that case? In that case? So they wiped that out. I just lose everything I put down on the car, which is, you know, whatever. And, but do you have a vehicle now? I'm driving a minivan right now because that was the only I had to go to Fort Lauderdale two hours away to even get a rental because everybody had like cleaned out the rentals here and nothing was even open like the rental places are wrecked mm -hmm. so I got a ride to Fort Lauderdale picked up a car and they're like this is what we got and I'm like motherfucker it's like a decked out minivan though it's got a vacuum inside of it and shit it's wild but yeah that's what I'm driving until I can get a new truck that's crazy um and then, did you ever find it like a, a matching pair of shoes from the Nike outlet <laughs> I wish man so that so, yeah, so anyway, I get out of there the next day. We're like, me and my girlfriend are like, what are we going to do? We can even leave the neighborhood. So we get a kayak out of this guy's garage. We kayak out of the neighborhood, like one of us in the kayak. And I'm up to like my waist. We get out of the neighborhood. I get a friend to pick me up because there's just enough service for me to call this guy who lives nearby. And he picks us up. Like we're stepping over down power lines and shit, getting out of this place. Like there's boats from a boat yard, like all over the place, like upside down to people's yards and shit. Mm -hmm. Like we're walking through like, like post like missile strike, like it was crazy looking. And um, we get out of this neighborhood where friend, my friend picks us up and is driving us through like the back to my house. Because at this point, the biggest thing is I hadn't heard from my dad in like, like 12 hours, like since the storm started, the last thing I heard. And he told me very last minute, yeah, I'm just going to stay at my place, which is like a shitty little wood condo. And I'm like, dude, you're going to die. And he's like, yeah, it'll be fine. Like, I got to stay here because I got to take care of this elderly neighbor of mine. And I'm like, OK, so I'm thinking he's dead because I'm like, dude, I, I haven't heard from this dude. And. You know, that's what's in my head. I'm freaking out about it. My mm -hmm. friend drives us like through all the down power lines, like wrecks all over the streets because there's no no lights anywhere. There's no police presence, just fucking chaos, like dumpsters and boats in the fucking streets and shit. We get to my dad's house. I pull up this motherfucker's washing his truck. And he's like, yeah, I got a little muddy over here. And I'm like, dude, I, didn't, I thought you were dead. <laughs> so, and that's then crazy. we went to my farm property that I, I own, like a little tiny tree farm. Fucking wrecked. Like. Just, and that's where all the shoes were. There was a Nike outlet nearby that just exploded. And there's like Nike left shoes all over the place. Like various sizes, brand new shoes with the ink tags still in them and the stuffing still in them. Mm -hmm. $100 shoes, but there's no matching pairs. But they're everywhere from this Nike outlet. Women's swimsuits everywhere. All kinds of weird shit just like washed up all over the place. Like mangroves, even though we're like a mile from the ocean. Like pretty crazy. That is crazy. Wait, so you are an actual tree farm worker? Yo, yeah, yeah. Well, I, for now, I don't know if I'll get, I'll be able to run this place anymore. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, I guess I'm gonna sell this shit because it's destroyed. But I've been doing a ton of work there the last two weeks, and I might get it back to normal. But there's no FEMA money for that business. Not that we made any fucking money anyway, but like, it's just me who has to pay for everything. So, so yeah, I, I thought you were just like uh, trolling in your bio, but that's like a real oh, thing. Oh, that, that, yeah, a lot of people think that. They're like, are you really a farmer? Yeah, I don't want to put him out there, but me, me and Josh are both tree farmers. Mm -hmm. We work for different things. Like I own my own company, and he works for a different one. But we, that's what we both do for a living. Okay, no, that that's awesome. To, to to own your own property, that's sick. Obviously, not sick when it gets trashed because of, when it gets trashed. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's whatever. I'm still happy to you know I, I do it because I like to do it. It's not my main job. Um, I just you know I, it was my family's farm, and I eventually just bought it to keep it you know from being sold. Mm -hmm. Okay, damn. And so, what's the 
process of recovering like because obviously well, i've never been through anything like that but uh, the town gets destroyed but what are the steps to you know get things back together are, are you are you guys all left on your own or is like the government coming through to to help out or, like what's going on all here a lot like there's a lot of like u.s coast guard or i mean um the national guard presence all over town still even though it's been like what two three weeks now um, mm-hmm. at first it was really bad i worked uh, my main job is like the medical industry and i have to go to the hospital sometimes the mm-hmm. hospitals were fucking crazy because they had no like power or anything like they had generators so they had no water it was a nightmare and they had like the, the armed guards with m16s and shit outside of every entrance and i'm like hey man i gotta get in there please don't fucking shoot me but yeah like town was being like all the traffic stops um, like all the major ones were being run by like cops and national guard and stuff like the government presence was pretty much all over there was or it's still happening now but not as much you can go outside anywhere in town and there's chinooks like double rotor helicopters looks like you're in fucking saigon dude like in, in the vietnam war like people are flying over and shit like non-stop like lifting people out of the areas where they're like still now um where they're stranded can you hold on for one second the birds are yeah chirping yeah. one second one second all right cool all right, i'm back i just mess with the audio but okay um but that is crazy because to, to to have that kind of presence obviously there's like this giant uh, disaster that happened um in your life has it ever gotten this bad or is this the first time that it's been this bad for you yeah i mean it's been this bad other parts of florida but this is the first time like in my adult life at least like charlie was pretty bad like my house got all fucked up when i was like nine or ten uh, when that happened freaking charlie but um this is the first one that i'm like feeling adult consequences like damn i lost all of my shit that i paid for like and i don't get it back like that sucks <laughs> i never really realized how serious this was for like you know adults in the world because last time i dealt with it i was a kid my parents were all stressed out but i was like whatever yeah it's cool to just bike around afterwards and see all the fucked up shit but now yeah it's definitely like yeah probably shouldn't stay in florida forever if i don't want if i don't want to deal with this again <laughs> well yeah when is florida supposed to be underwater is it uh... I don't know. They've said it. I think it's supposed to be underwater by now, depending on who you listen to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah, but at the same it's time, less, it's, just, it's less that. I mean, I'm sure that'll happen eventually, but it's more just like, I really don't want to deal with this. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's some people have to deal with snow and blizzards and earthquakes and shit and tornadoes everywhere you go, but this sucks. I'd like to find a place that's less, uh, less of these problems. Yeah, the, the the thing out here is like uh, the big ones coming, right? Like uh, we're supposed to get like this giant earthquake and it's been coming forever. Um, but it's just like I think we're at a point where the buildings are hopefully structured well enough uh, with the kind of technology that we have that even if the big one does come, it, it won't be as bad as some of the old earthquakes back in the day. Yeah, it's scary to think about, though. You don't need any warning. At least hurricanes, they tell us to get the fuck out whether we listen or not to one thing. But earthquakes are like just you know anytime right yeah i remember i was uh like the last one that i could feel because most of the time it happens like when i'm sleeping like overnight so i'm like yeah I, I'll, I'll see the, the reports like oh um yeah the epicenter was uh, over here like whatever five point whatever and i'm just like oh well i was sleeping but i, I was awake for one and i, I remember I, I'm pretty sure I was doing a podcast or something, and like I, I noticed like my screen shaking. I was like, "Oh, like I guess I keep yeah. on hitting my desk," but it wasn't that. <laughs> it was like an actual earthquake happening. Like like shit was actually shaking, and I was like, "Oh, I haven't felt this in a while." And it, it, it is a little weird because there's nothing you can do. Like everything's just yeah. um, you know uh, shaking, and you just gotta hope that you're safe and nothing falls on your head and knocks you out. It's scary everywhere. The earth doesn't want us here. Anyone can fucking get it. Yeah, the, the the earth is 
going to be the one to to kill us all. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we can get to Mars before that happens. Mars hardcore. <laughs> All right, who, who's going to be the first band to tour Mars? Let, let's figure it out. It's going to be contention. Uh, we're going to make it happen. We're doing Europe, man. That's next. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously, uh, uh, get to Europe. But um, you have, uh, I guess, like your your last show before all the major stuff with uh, Jive Bomb, Ankle Biter, and um, yeah. I can't remember who else is on the bill. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, and. Uh, Obviously, a different uh, type of hardcore, but I'm curious how you guys got on that bill. I think I could be speaking out of turn here. I think Josh booked it. I could be wrong. Maybe okay. he, I think he did. I don't know. But he, he's, he's been doing a lot of booking the last, like, especially since since COVID and stuff. He's booked a lot of local shows here. A lot mm-hmm. of people reach out to him when they're, when they're coming through. So there's not that many local bands in Tampa. I mean, yeah, so it's, it's usually like we, we hop on stuff just to support the scene. You know, whether everybody wants to see us every fucking month try to you know if they need a local band we're down to do it most of the time yeah it, it can definitely get tricky because i uh, uh started to book shows out here and then obviously I, I hear it from some of the local bands like hey like we appreciate the offers but we don't want to play every month because we don't want to like kind of like yeah. wear out our welcome but i'm just like dude like, yeah like, like i'm trying to put you guys on i i, I get it but um it, it, it can be tricky because you don't want to get to the point where people have seen you so much where they just think all right i'll, I'll just see them next time yeah, I'll skip this one. Yeah, we try to avoid that. I mean, I've definitely, I think both of all of it, everybody, everybody in the band has made the mistake of being in a band that was the opening act. Mm-hmm. Like, we've all been in that band that was like the opener. We said yes to absolutely everything, which is good. It's fun to play, but it's true. You know, I've played Tampa so many fucking times. Like my old band played Tampa like once a month. And it's just like, you know, you don't get people, uh, people don't want to see you. And, you know, so you got you to gotta be strategic about shit. People aren't strategic in, in their first couple bands, but eventually you pick up on it. Yeah, whenever I, I think about Tampa, I, I always think of um, I, I went to the Point of Contact um, uh, record release show for a Commitment, and yeah. and I always wonder what happened to that venue. I'm, I'm not sure if you were there. Which the one was that in Orlando or was that Tampa? I'm pretty sure it was Tampa because I was staying in Orlando and I had a buddy drive me down on his way. I was like, pick me up. I was like, I, I want to leave Disney. Well, I want to go. Yeah, no, I, maybe I did miss that. Shit. I don't remember. Was that the one with Greenie playing? Um, Yes. Mug, no, it, it wasn't brass mug because I've never been to the brass mug. Um, lounge. Maybe it was that one. I don't know. I think I missed it. I think I missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, just wondering because I don't. Yeah, cause I think it was the only show to happen there, and then it just nothing ever went back. Yeah, that explains. Yeah, I think it might have been Pegasus Lounge or something like that. There's a few short-lived venues. I mean, we have a decent amount, but it's tough to. It's tough to when you're booking. I mean, I, I don't do it, but for that reason, it's fucking stressful. But to figure out, like, you know, how many people are actually going to show up to this? What can I afford to pay to the venue, the guarantee? You know, it's a big headache. So a lot of venues come and go because it's like, you know, we're not filling this venue out. We need to find something smaller. We need to find something that's cheaper. So mm-hmm. the constant battle, you know, where to book, book your show. And I'm surprised that there's not, like, more local bands because obviously there's, like, this big fest that comes through every january uh you know shout out to fya i feel like that would inspire a a lot of people from the area because i know there's like obviously a a big contingent of people that like flying in but there's i I know there's the the local crop of kids that definitely show up yeah i mean our shows are pretty good especially since covid i think a lot of people took it for granted and then when we came back our shows were way better than they ever were before um and maybe that's because of like 
young people like TikTok hardcore and shit, getting people to come out. I don't mm. know. But people definitely come out better than they ever have, at least in my experience with Tampa. Tampa was fucking dope when I was um, like in high school. The shows were always really big. And then there was a period when I moved there afterwards for college and stuff where it was just kind of some shows were dead. Some shows were good. Big band comes through fine. But like the local shows are always pretty shot. But now people people come out and people travel too. like a lot of people who come to every single contention show are like not from any like they're from like a small town, like an hour outside of the nearest big city. So a lot of people travel to Tampa for shows or Orlando or Miami or whatever, but it's kind of a resurgence everywhere. And there are local bands, but I don't know. There's there's a little bit of division, I think, between like sounds and stuff and, you know, who feels, you know, what their scene is, whatever. Which is stupid, because if you look at the show that you guys are about to play, it's like I feel like here's a clear example of like there shouldn't be that kind of division, especially when it comes to the local scene. I, I feel like things would be a lot better for uh, your local scene. And I'm not speaking about yours in specific, but just like in general, for anyone who's listening for your local scene, if there was uh, some definitely some, some unity and you guys all coming together and to put on for that one scene. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to, it's a hard thing to quantify. Like, you know, how many people are actually in the scene at any given time or whatever. I've, I can't imagine not wanting to be in a band, you know, like even if just, you open for the local show and get in for free. You know, it's always that even for that was worth it for me. I've always had, you know, a band going in whatever scene I'm in, mm-hmm. at least trying to start a band, you know? Yeah. I'm the opposite. I've, I've been in bands back in the day and it just takes a lot, a, a lot of work, uh, for something, uh, you know, to, to, to keep it like going Obviously, that there's all these like moving pieces when it comes to a band. And it's like these days, it's like, yeah, it's like, I don't want to be in a band if it's not with my friends. Makes sense. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, me and Josh, like, we were all friends in the band, but we weren't like tight like we are now. Like we were, you know, we'd all met, we'd all played shows together, but mm-hmm. you know, at first we were kind of like not strangers, but just a kind uh, of, you know, you know, we were just meeting the first time in a musical context when contention started. Like I'd never been in the band with anybody but Lucas. And obviously, contention. Uh back-to-back FYA uh, appearances, which is cool because obviously the videos out there who, for anyone who hasn't seen yet of your set at FYA um, earlier this year. Um, and, and it's cool to see you guys um, back on the bill again this upcoming year. Yeah, it was a fucking blast. I mean, we didn't even expect to play. I think we only really got put on just so many bands dropped because of COVID um, last second. People who tested positive or whatever. Some of the bigger bands dropped, local bands, you know, our smaller bands dropped. So we we were we were all we were planning on just doing the pre-show the day before mm-hmm. and uh last second they're like we got put on and it was kind of we opened and it was like the best set we've ever played like it was awesome the video it's like hard to even like you know the video looks awesome but it was in person it was like a fucking dream come true it was crazy yeah and i'm, I'm happy uh, that you guys uh, played the actual fest because i due to like delays like with my flights and stuff i yeah. I, I had to miss the, the the pre-show which is like this ongoing curse where i just am not able to make the pre-show even though i try my hardest yeah. um so I, I i was definitely stoked to be able to catch you guys live yeah yeah man i mean i was very surprised how many people i mean maybe it was just because we were the opening band and people wanted to mosh and shit but like i looked out and like the entire room was moving and i was like damn this is a not something i've ever had to happen before like i've never played anything this big and i've never had so many people involved it was and people actually knew lyrics and shit like that really blew me away like we always had one or two people who knew our stuff mm-hmm. but like at the show there's like a pile up and i'm like dude i don't even know anybody liked our, our band but like it's hard to really know you know until you play a fest like that how many people actually like you which is pretty pretty humbling 
Yeah, because you, you got to think too. There's like these people flying in who probably haven't had the opportunity to see you guys live, so they're yeah. just gonna, uh, you know, live in that moment and uh, and you know participate and uh, sing along and enjoy it because people come from all over. Because I, for like the you know two years that I've gone, I just uh, just seeing like the same faces and just kind of you know small talk here and there and just kind of figuring out where people are actually coming from. Just like you know like hearing about like international travel because obviously i'm coming from california which is like far but when i'm hearing about people coming from like europe or the uk and stuff i'm like geez that's yeah, i met some people from like from uh, new zealand and stuff like mm-hmm. it's, it's always yeah, pretty cool only so many people on the fucking face of the planet listen to our type of music so it's like you gotta you gotta be down to travel i guess if you want to like you know it's crazy to see when you see everybody in the room at fya you're like this is a this is a significant percentage of how many people in the world listen to this stuff and they're all in one room, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not like we're a giant thing, you know. So I don't know. Pretty crazy to see. Yeah, and I, I can't imagine what it's like for you because it's in your own, like you know, seeing your your own neighborhood. So yeah. it must be wild to have this thing come through annually and it be such a big event. Yeah, I mean it's awesome. I, I love that. There's there, you know, I used to go to smaller fests that would come through Florida and stuff, and that was always awesome as a kid to get to see like TUI come to Florida or some of the giant with a bunch of big bands. TUI and Terry bringing it back to the kids festival when I was a kid was pretty, pretty crazy. But, you know, FYA every year reliably, like that's, it's, uh, I've been to, I didn't go to the first few, but I've been to the, the majority of I mean, everything that happened while I was in Tampa, I at least went to one day of it. Yeah. I, I wish I could have went to the, the ones where they were, um, had like those green walls. I think like, like in like a, I never went to those. Yeah. yeah. Like nails, like one years, and like that. Those ones were crazy. That was awesome. Small room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those ones look cool, but but I'm just happy to have been able to go, have gone the past two years because I, I like it so much that I'm like, all right, cool. This is something that I have to go back to because it's just such yeah. a good experience overall. Like the the lineups are always insane, and the venue is awesome, and just making more friends out in Tampa. Like last year, I stayed in Airbnb. This upcoming year, I'm actually staying at a friend's house. So I'm just like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like and now I'm friends with the the locals, which is always nice. Yeah, that's the move. Having somewhere to having a having a friend to crash with. I did that for like this is hardcore. I'll say with my my buddy Dino up there when we used to go up there for like I went for, for like two years in a row. But I kind of saved me a trip to be honest with you because unless there's somebody I really need to see if this is hardcore, like it's a long way to go. So having it, it right in Tampa is pretty 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 awesome. It's our own our own little like sound and fury type thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. Well, I we we did mention Europe. Uh, how did that whole thing happen? Because obviously a lot of bands, that's a, a goal of theirs is to travel um, internationally and, and do a tour. Uh, but for, for you guys, uh, how did that all come together? We got messaged by um, like a booking agency over there and just asked, you know, if we're down and we're like, for real, like we're not that big. Like we had just put out the, the laying waste record. Mm-hmm. This was like, I think at the end of like COVID lockdowns in Florida, like we were like, I don't know. It seemed kind of too good to be true. Um, and I mean, yeah, we, we never expected that to happen. And we were, so we've been planning it for like over like a year and a half or something now, maybe like a year. Um, but I mean, we, yeah, we, like I said, we never expected that to, to really happen. And we were like, you know, it's expensive no matter what, like not all the expenses are not like, it, it's a lot that goes into it to making it happen. Even big bands, like we'll tell you that you make money, but like, it, it's it's a privilege just to break even that's all we ever really want so just the fact that we can make it happen and like 
you know, I've never been to Europe. I don't think any one of us has been to Europe. So this is, you know, we're just like Florida, Florida dudes. So it, it's definitely going to be like a, a huge thing for us. Like I never thought I would get to do that with a band. To be quite honest, it's a dream. But I, I was like, you know, 25 years old and I haven't done it yet. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to get to tour Europe at this point. Okay, and but it, it and, happened. So I mean, it, it's like 90 days away or something. You get that offer from this booking agent. Like, do you have to like vet them to make sure they're serious and they're not just luring these Florida dudes? Yeah, I just kept an eye on like who, what other bands. Like, they they've done big bands, uh, mm-hmm. so I felt better about that. Like, Spy uh, and Dare and stuff went with them. So, I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it does seem too good to be true. First, you're like, what does, does this work? Like, how do the finances work? It's a it's a pain in the ass, the headache, but uh, we're just happy to to do it. You know, we'll make it work. Yeah, well, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing about your experience after the whole tour is done. Because yeah, man, we're gonna talk after. It's gonna be, it's gonna be wild. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and I w- w- want to dial it back. Uh, obviously, the the whole band went through this uh, tragic incident back in February. Um, I, I remember seeing it all over social media and tripping out. But if you can remember, what was that whole uh, situation like for you? If you're okay to talk about it. No, yeah, man, I'm not. I'm not sensitive about it. It's a, it's a fucking nightmare. Like it's a pain in the ass. But uh, yeah, it's whatever. So, yeah. So we're on tour. It was our, um, not our first tour. Maybe like our second. Like, we've done a bunch of weekenders and stuff. This is our first like proper like five plus day tour. Mm-hmm. And it's a pain in the ass to book. Like we had to do a lot of long drives because we were still small. We didn't know that many people in that part of the country. Um. So like we had all done like East Coast stuff before in other bands or whatever. So we were like, let's do like like you know southwest or like texas and just see how it goes so we couldn't book anything in louisiana we tried so fucking hard but we just couldn't meet the right people or nothing would stick so we ended up having a drive between texas back to florida um the last and that's where it happened is we we played austin and it was a good show and then we're driving to beaumont texas like the middle of fucking nowhere because we're gonna stop spend the night and then play like uh tallahassee or something the next day panama city something like that mm-hmm. which is another long drive so we're gonna break it up so we're on our way to beaumont so we're between austin and the middle of nowhere so we're like you know, bum fuck Texas on the highway and uh, we're driving and we see like a light coming at us and we're like, I think we all collectively had time to be like, that dude's like in the other lane, right? Like he's not in our lane coming towards us. And then I, we realized like there's a like, big concrete wall. So we wouldn't be able to see it if he's in the other lane. He's coming right at us. And as soon as we realized that, we turned at the very last second. He's going 80. We're going 80. He's in the same lane as us. Like he hits us at the very last second we turn, um, like driver's side door impact like just ahead of the driver's side door and it sends the van like spinning like a top like it just launches the entire van into the air like the 15 seater type or 12 seater whatever big ass van and uh we rolled like a conical amount of times like it just kept going forever like probably eight times something like that like an insane we just kept spinning and spinning and spinning and um i was like i i 100 accepted death i was like i guess i'm dead like this sucks i'm just waiting for it to, like go black it's annoying like we're like in a you're like flipping in like a washing machine full of shrapnel because you're surrounded by all your gear and it's, we don't we're not professionals we are shit's just sitting there our symbols are just sitting there not in any case they're bouncing around the fucking cabin one of them sliced bailey's arm open like it was uh yeah so just rolling and rolling and finally we slowly landed right side up like thank god because we you know how fucking bad would it be if we were all hanging upside down so so I get out, um, our merch guy is like trapped with the airbag and his, I look like I open the door and I had a pocket knife on me. So I cut the, cut him out of the airbag. And all I see is like his head wound is brutal. Like there's blood everywhere, like all over the windshield, all over the airbag. I'm like, this dude's dead. And I'm going to carry his dead body out of the fucking van. 
So I, in like a fucking war movie, I pick him up and walk him into the grass and lay him down. I look back and the van's like not on fire. It's not like a movie, but all the tires are fucking cooked, like just burnt nothing and just smoke everywhere, like big black plumes of smoke. And um, our submerged guy was thankfully okay. He just had like a big, like the windshield just cut his head really bad and head wounds look so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's blood all over the inside. Bailey's got his arm like brutal. Like it's like a three inch, four inch cut, but it's like the kind where you can see like all the veins and shit inside. Um, Lucas in the very back row flipped like two rows forward. He, he like, when he opened his eyes, he was two rows ahead of where he was just sitting upright. The van doors flew off the back. The back, the back bench had like almost fallen out of the entire van. Um, it was fucking crazy. And we get out and we're just like, holy shit. Like I remember sitting there for a second being like, should I open the door? And everyone's like, open the fucking door, get the fuck out. And I'm like, cause I was just in such trance, like in such days. Mm-hmm mash my head all over the place i'm sure we wasn't thinking straight and yeah we get out and we're all just sitting there on the side of the road and then the next car that goes by hits our rubble crashes another one hits our rubble and like sparks in the tires blow and it's just like super dramatic and i'm like is this gonna blow up like a fucking movie should we get away from it and um cops and stuff show up pretty fast like a random person stops and is like making sure we're not dead like uh, somebody who's uh, involved and you know they knew what they were doing medically or whatever and like checking us out looking at our eyes and all that shit and yeah, I mean, and the next part is like, okay, we survived. Now we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, what do you do? Like, that was like as much of a nightmare. Getting back was like, like such a headache. We were stuck in Texas for like two days just trying to figure out where we could even get home, like how to do it. And uh, yeah, pretty, pretty fucking crazy. We ended up staying in like a disgusting fucking motel that was seemed to be designed for people who crashed their car on the Texas highway. And, uh, yeah, everything was broken. Like all of our amps, all of our guitars and stuff just strewn down the fucking highway. Like our, I think somebody's phone had jumped out of the car somehow. Like it was like a hundred feet away in the median. Like, I don't know. It was pretty fucking crazy. Like just the fact that none of us died was unreal. And the status of the person that hit you guys. Yeah, he's fine. He's drunk as fuck. So just driving the wrong way down the highway. And like the thing is, like I said, there's a big concrete wall. Yeah. You can't just. Yeah, I thought he must have swerved over. No, he got he went up the fucking ramp the wrong way. Got onto the highway, going his you know going about his fucking day, driving home, fucking blackout drunk, and uh, just hit his head on. And you know, I guess when you're fucked up, you your your body's like a jellyfish. You know, you don't really. Mm-hmm. Like, he's fine. He went to prison, but like it's not really a fucking consolation. We don't get any money out of it, like zero. Like we quickly found out, they're like, yeah, so. He doesn't have like he's not uh he's not uh, he's from Mexico. He doesn't have a license. He doesn't have um like insurance he didn't own the car it was just some other guy's car he was borrowing mm-hmm. so i'm like okay so what happens they're like nothing you pay for it and i'm like well what do you mean like there's no like, well who would pay for it if not you and i'm like i don't know the, the other guy in they're like he has no money how would he pay you and i'm like i never thought about that i guess so when somebody hits you and you don't have insurance you're just fucked like they do six months in jail and then it's fine and you're just fucked so that's where that's what happened you know we thankfully we didn't they were going to make us pay for the entire van if we didn't buy some insurance which thankfully we bought the ten dollar a day fucking insurance mm-hmm. and wore our seatbelts and stuff but um if we, if not for that we would have had to buy the the van that was total for thirty thousand dollars to get pocket like they just would have filled us so yeah and then you know hospital bills all that stuff and that's covered so so the the cops show up uh, the van's obviously trashed you guys have to figure things out do you even try to you know search for your personal belongings or are you just happy to get yeah, out of the situation yeah because they're like you should they, they, they cops told us like yo you should go walk and find your stuff we're not coming up here we're gonna drop you off at a hotel so that's they pulled like a pickup truck and we all just like rode in the pickup back to the pickup truck to a hotel um whatever the nearest hotel thing was it just dropped us off with all of our broken shit 
but we just had to leave most stuff because it's like, how are you going to carry your fucking destroyed cabs and shit off the side of the road? So, yeah, we spent a while just, yeah, getting everything together. The dude showed us. He's like, let me show you something. And he takes me and, like, walks me into the woods. And he's like, that's your drive shaft over there. Like, the drive shaft from beneath the car shot out like a torpedo and was, like, 200 feet away in the woods. That's crazy. And he's like, yeah, it's like pretty crazy that you're not dead. He's like, I've already, he, the cop was like, yeah, I already responded to one other dead person tonight who got hit on the road. Like, you're the second one. He's like, I expected, he's like, when I pulled, I think he said, when I pulled up, I expected to find uh, fatalities. What's his comment? And I'm like, well. And you guys get dropped off at a hotel, but do you, obviously, like, you guys need medical attention. Do you guys even try to get it? Or do you guys just, all right, we got to get home. That's, we were like, two of us had to go. Two of us were fucked up enough that we had to go to the hospital. Like Bailey and the merch guy both had to um, get a ride in the ambulance. I was like, you know what? I'm pretty fucked up. I feel like crazy, but I'm like running on adrenaline. I got to sort this stuff out. I can't leave. And two, I don't want a hospital. I don't want an ambulance bill. You know, what, $10,000 to ride in the ambulance, whatever. Like, they'll reduce that shit if you ask them. Mm-hmm. But still, like, I'm not dealing with that. So if I have to go later, so be it. But I, I don't, I can't deal with this right now. I have to get our van sorted. So um, we went, I went to the hospital later on. They did a bunch of scans and they're like, yeah, your brain's intact. It's just you have a concussion and you're all fucked up. And later on, I got, you know, later on, found out my back is fucked. Like, all kinds of shit's broken. I gotta get surgery. I haven't done any of that yet. Lucas's back is fucked. Uh, or ex base Chase, his back is fucked. Like, we all got the same like back injury that you get from car crashes where your discs are all out of place and shit. Um, everybody else is mostly okay, you know. And you're going to tour in, in Europe with your back yeah. like that? Yeah, oh yeah. We've already done a tour since then. At first I was like, yo, I don't know if I'm how this is going to be, like if I'm going to be all triggered and shit sitting in the van and whatever. I, I made it through it. I don't, I don't like sitting in the back. That freaks me out. But as long as I'm driving or I'm in the back, like the row directly one back, I can, I can get through. I never, you know, I've never had any sort of anxiety in my life really like that. But now I get a little anxious sometimes sitting there for a long time. And I can't sit, which is the biggest thing. Like my back sucks. Like sitting for a long period sucks. Like I got to move around. So we'll see how that goes in Europe, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Well, I, I'm happy that you guys all made it out of there, uh, you know, relatively okay. Cause... Yeah. I mean, we were, yeah. We're, we're pretty, we're not sensitive dudes. Like we'll joke about it and shit. We're not like, but you know we were like emotional afterwards like we're all hugging each other and shit on the side of the road it was like a fucking war movie but you know we're driving home and we had to rent like a tiny little car and just like fit everyone into it because all that was available enterprise like really fucked us up on that shit they like they're like yeah we can't get you something i know we're like you paid to have a rental and we're supposed to give you another one but we don't have one where you are so you just have to figure it out so we're driving back in this little tiny car and we're like damn dude imagine how much of a bummer it'd be if we still had to drive all the way back to florida and one of us had died and we're just like all just chilling in this car on another 12 hours back to Florida. Mm-hmm. That would suck. Yeah, for we're, sure. We're pretty lighthearted about shit, but. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely way easier to look back and laugh. Uh, you know, now that the situation's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, like I said, happy you guys all made it out of there. But uh, these days with contention, uh, what's the plan right because you guys obviously have the um, you know tour coming up and then there's the fya date but as far as uh new music because you guys dropped back in was it uh, june um yeah you guys dropped back in june which was an an awesome release but uh, going forward um have you guys already started plans on the next record or even maybe a full u.s tour i would love to do a so we're thinking west coast 
Um, we haven't put anything super solid yet, but we'll, we'll be with another band, uh, another really cool band. Like, I shouldn't say yet, but mm-hmm. um, we're going to do West Coast um, if all, everything goes well. Um, so I don't know an exact date. It'll be, you know, early, middle next year, I think. Um, okay. But And I don't know exact dates yet, but probably like five to seven days, maybe more than that. Um, we all got like you know, jobs and shit, so we got to plan around all that stuff. And just the money to tours, you know, mm-hmm. you have to get that shit kind of sorted first. And we'll be cleaned out after Europe. But, I mean, it's going to be, I've never done West Coast. I've never been there at all with a band. I've only traveled there myself once or twice. Mm-hmm. So I'm very fucking excited. That's been the goal all along. We thought that would happen before Europe. We were like East Coast and then, you know, Southwest. Then we'll maybe we'll do West Coast. Then, you know, we'll try to do Europe. And it just happened to be Europe came first. But we definitely want to do, do West Coast. That's been the, that's the goal for sure. And after that, you know, we'll figure out some new new fucking goals because we've achieved most of them, which we never thought would happen. So. Yeah, we do have an LP coming out 2023. I don't know exactly when yet. We were hoping to have it done by the end of this year, but you know things have been pretty fucking hectic, so I don't know if it's going to happen yet. We are writing for it. We have a decent amount of material together. Those three songs from Summer Offensive will be on there. Um, so that's more. That's why we didn't really do a whole lot of physical, like seven inches or anything okay. like that. Mm-hmm. It'll be part of the the 12 inch. So okay. that was just like you know we hadn't put anything out in a while, so we figured we would do that, and then we'll work on an LP, and it'll be with a new label who I probably shouldn't say yet. But it's an American label, um, and we're super excited about it. I'll tell you off air, but we're doing a bunch of cool shit. They're, that label's doing a ton of cool shit. I'm very excited to, to put a record out with them. And I'm actually happy to hear that because I was uh, kind of surprised that at this point, like, how like, aren't you guys working with uh, someone here local? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we have to all, like, you know, we all live in different places now. We're not that far from each other, but we have to coordinate practice a little bit more in advance and stuff now. But we're making it happen, and we've got you know, we got a decent amount of it written. It just has, it's just the process of actually going through recording everything. I would love to see you guys go on tour with Adrian. Dude, that would be fucking sick. Our, uh, our Boston date with him. That was like my favorite date of tour. I think from our last tour that we did mm-hmm. during the summer, um, June or something like that, I think. But yeah, that tour was, it was awesome. Like it was really life for me experience, especially after having tour before that, get all fucked up from the van thing. This was, you know, every tour has its stresses, but that, especially the Boston date, was just awesome. It was like a, it was a, uh, a what do they call it, a matinee. Mm-hmm. So it was early. We're like, I don't know how this is going to be, dude. Like, what's the deal? Um, but you know, people came out for Adrian especially, and uh, that set was awesome. And we played like really good. And tons of people knew our shit and were into it. And then it was a matinee, so we got to tool around Boston for the rest of the day, which is awesome. That's such a sick city. I'd never been there. For sure. Yeah. I, I think it, it would uh, just be a good pairing. Obviously, that band is uh, yeah. amazing. They, they're they doing a lot of cool stuff and they have a lot of cool support. So I, I just like the pairing when I think of the style of music and you know, both of those bands. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I love uh, it's awesome to have, you know, other bands. You know, I, I never knew who our peers were going to be. You never know who it's going to be. It's awesome to be peers with bands like that, like bands that are really killing it. Mm hmm. Okay, and um, obviously the tour overseas is in November. But as far as uh, things for you, uh, do you have to do anything, uh, you know, to to prepare for that, or are you just uh, chilling, living your normal life until then? Oh, I wish I could chill and live my normal life, but no, yeah. There's a lot of last minute stuff that came up with Europe, so we're kind of the headache, but we're making it work. A lot of people um, reached out and like were helping us. Like we last minute had our gear fall through over there, so we were like what do we do? Like, obviously they speak English and they're helpful over there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, all the, you know, back people who rent out back lines and stuff. But one thing I didn't count on is that they, um, they actually observe weekends there. Like in America, you can make anything happen on a weekend. It's no big deal. 
but we were like playing a show in Paris on a Sunday and we were like, oh, wait, what do you mean we can't pick up the back line on a Sunday? They're like, it's a weekend in Europe. We're closed. Like, we don't do anything on weekends. And I'm like, oh, so we just can't rent from you because we need it that day. Mm-hmm. So we had to like pay out of pocket and buy shit to be shipped to the date in Europe. Uh, we're just going to have to like find a way to pawn it or return it. If you live in fucking Hanover, Germany, man, come buy amps from us our last day. We got to get rid of them. <laughs> but somebody sourced a drum. Somebody was just like, yeah, you can borrow a drum kit from us like for eight days. Like people were super helpful over there. Yeah. So, yeah. Damn, nothing on us on the weekends. That, <laughs> that, that's yeah. when he, he's just saying it to you like it's so normal, but it's yeah, like it's I'm so like, different dude, for I us. Work. I work 24 seven. Like, what do you mean you guys don't like it? Just set up the st- socially structured, you know, things are structured differently over there, which is cool if you, mm-hmm. you know, don't want to work on weekends, but we didn't, I didn't even think it didn't cross my mind, you know? And there's a lot of stuff that I never thought about with the currency exchanges. Like there's a lot of stuff that we're just fucking, we're just Florida Hicks, dude. We don't know how to do any of this stuff. We're just figuring it out. I'm, I'm like, cur- Google translate. How do I say like this in French and shit? Like I'm trying to be like, just nothing I've ever dealt with before. And are you nervous about the food situation at all? Because that's something that I always uh, think about. Like, what what are we gonna eat? Are you are you vegan? N- no, I, I'm not vegan. Like, I, I really no real restrictions. But yeah, I'm I, I'm just curious. I mean, I'm. To, I'll be completely honest with you. The shows are cool, and that's like the primary reason for going there. I'm going there for food, man. Like, that's what me and Lucas, especially, are all about. That shit. Like, we we're straight edge. Like, we don't party on tour. So what we do is we get to a town. We find a place for good overpriced coffee, and then we go find somewhere that's good for food in our budget. So that's what we're doing over there, man. I'm eating fish and chips. I'm eating fucking beans on toast. I'm doing all the local stuff. <laughs> for sure. Well, if you know a spot and you're in Europe, man, let me know where on any of those dates because that's what I'm about. I'm trying to find good food over there. I've heard the food is can be pretty rough depending on where you're at, especially mm-hmm. if you're vegan. I mean, you're kind of fucked. There's a lot of options, and some of our band is vegan, so we'll have to like figure that out. But yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm about the local food. I'm trying to Anthony Bourdain that shit when I'm over there. Respect to Anthony Bourdain. I, I see a lot of my vegan friends always at like McDonald's yeah. and like Burger King when they're on, on tour. I'm just like, geez, is that really what like yeah. is available uh, to you? Um, but if you ever make it out to yeah, Orange County. Yeah, I'm uh, hoping that our... I was gonna say, if you ever make it out to Orange County, I'll, yeah, I'll take you uh, take you to my local coffee shop, which I back so hard because they make Yo, they make such good coffee, here, and it, 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 it kind of like uh, ruined coffee for me because I go to other places and I'm a coffee snob now. I'm just like, why does this taste burnt? I hate this coffee. Yeah, like, get I, me out of here. It's it's a it's an inevitable consequence of being straight edge that you're gonna have to get a become a coffee snob because we don't have crap beer to fucking complain about. So <laughs> we got to get into something. But yeah, I'm the same with you. Like I for my whole you know I was always broke and shit, and I always just ate. I just drank whatever coffee I could get. The fucking break room coffee at the the office job or whatever on the job site and whatever people have. Now that I've traveled some, I'm like, yeah, man, it's not McDonald's coffee is not gonna cut it. We gotta go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'll be real. In this in this Earth Crisis coffee mug, I'm drinking pumpkin spice Starbucks coffee because I didn't get a rush this morning. But usually, I'm I'm a Chemex man at home. Mm-hmm. My friend Jamie, who's going to be playing bass for us on the European tour, he got me on that coffee snob shit. I have to I have to drink good coffee now. For sure. Well, like I said, to get to Orange County, we'll we'll show you some some good coffee out here. Yes, sir. Let's make it happen. I'm sure we'll be there next year at some point. Hundred percent. But all right. Cosmo, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to do this. This is something that obviously we've had in the books, but due to, um, you know, natural occurrences, we had to reschedule. So I appreciate you taking the time to to do this today. But before we go, is there anything else you would like to say? 
if you live in Europe, man, come out to a show. If you're living the West Coast, we're going to be near you soon. Um, and look out for that LP. I wish I could say the label because it's pretty exciting. Um, but we're going to have an LP out next year. Listen to Domain. Listen to uh, Fever Child. Listen to Fading Signal. I'm forgetting a lot of bands. But everything on the Coming Strife Records is good. Check out that label. They're the best. We ride for them. All right. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This has been this has been fun. No problem. I'm I'm a big supporter of uh, what you and your friends are doing. So you guys are all welcome anytime. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in, and we'll be back soon. Goodbye.